Let's uh, open on up to Mark chapter 6, and we'll start around verse 30, and we'll look at Jesus feeding the 5,000, and we'll call it part one. Uh, to be honest, I had, uh, preparing this, had looked at Jesus feeding the 5,000 and thought we'd all do this uh, at the same time, but these five passages of Mark chapter 6, 30 through 34, have just hit me right in the heart. And so uh, we'll do part one today and go through these five verses and then uh, take over the rest as we get it back next week. But uh, as we do every week, we want these words to not just be words on a page. We want these to be uh, the desire of our heart to read them, apply them, study them, to let them infiltrate every nook and cranny of our souls so that when we leave, we leave differently than when we came in. So let's read together Mark chapter 6, uh, verses 30 through 34. The apostles returned to Jesus and told him all that uh, they had done and taught. And he said to them, come away by yourselves to a desolate place and rest a while. For many were coming and going, and they had no leisure even to eat. And they went away in a boat to a desolate place by themselves. Now many saw them going and recognized them, and they ran there on foot from all the towns and got there ahead of them. When Jesus went ashore, he saw a great crowd, and he had compassion on them because they were like sheep without a shepherd. And he began to teach them many things. Let's pray together. Dear Lord, uh, we come to your word with outstretched hands, outstretched hearts, uh, ready to receive whatever it is that you would call us towards. We want these words to infiltrate our souls. We want to feast on them to nourish our, uh, our hearts and souls. So whatever you call us to, whatever you would lead us to because of these passages, I pray that we would respond accordingly to it. Lord, we love you. We thank you for your word. And it's in your name we pray. Amen. So the first blank that you'll see on your outline is Jesus recognized the need for rest. Jesus recognized the need for his apostles to rest. So let's take just a moment and look back at where we've been. You'll remember as we began Mark chapter 6 that Jesus sends out his disciples, right? They're going to go two by two and go out and preach and proclaim the good news. And they're going to go out with the authority of Jesus to heal and cast out demons. And so they're going two by two. If they enter into a place, they'll receive them they're to stay there. If not, they'll shake the dust from their sandals and keep going. And so in the middle of that, last week, remember we had John the Baptist head on a platter during Father's Day, which many commentators call a Markin sandwich. Right, The gospel writer of Mark sometimes would put these two little stories and, and put a little sandwich in there of uh, different things. And so we had the, the Mark and sandwich of John the Baptist last week, which brings us back to uh, the apostles coming back. So the apostles are going to return to Jesus and tell him all that they've done and taught. And in verse 30, I don't know, maybe I'm reading into it, but I feel their excitement to return home. I mean, it's almost like this week when Micah came back from VBS. He came back, walked in the door and said, Micah, how is VBS? And he just began just like unloading all this stuff. I played with Play-Doh. We had this big parachute. And we did it up and down. And I did this and we taught this and I learned this. And, I did this. and just for like 10 minutes, it seemed like he just unloaded everything that he experienced at VBS. Just, just joy in his heart. Mom, we did this. I made this. I did this. And we did this. And Jesus did this. And just unloaded for like 10 minutes everything at VBS. And I imagine that the disciples came back after all that they had experienced and kind of had a similar moment. Jesus, can you imagine? We healed this person, this demon-possessed man. This happened. We, we preached the gospel, and this happened. Jesus, can you believe all this stuff? And Jesus is like, yeah, I, I can believe it. I mean, 
I gave you the authority. You've been seeing me. I can believe it, right? He, he just this excitement for the disciples to come back, and they're probably comparing notes, right? Hey, you did that. We did that too. That, that place, they didn't receive you, but we went on and found another town, and we didn't carry anything with us. Remember, we didn't take two tunics with us, but people were providing. Everything was just as you said, Jesus. Wasn't this amazing? Can, can you feel that? In verse 30, they come back, apostles returned, and they told him all that they had done and taught. And you can just feel their exuberance and excitement to come back and report to Jesus everything that had happened. And I'm sure there's some dialogue that we're not picked up on, but the gospel writer of Mark makes it clear after they have talked all this bit about what they've seen, what they've experienced, how does Jesus respond? Does he say, hey, guys, good job. Let's go back out there or let's go back out. You've, you've taken your time. This is good. You, you've reported back, but go, go, go. You need to keep going. Go, 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 go. What does he say in verse 31? Right, yeah. He said to them, come away by yourselves to a desolate place and rest a while. Jesus recognizing that they've just taken this momentous trip. They've gone two by two out, and it's time now for them to come away to a quiet place and rest. It is good and right and holy for these men who have been out on mission to return home and have a moment, a time that they can pull away and rest. It is good for us as we've gone through the scripture to see the Sabbath was given for us to rest. It is good for us to rest. Maybe it's just this coming off this week of VBS that this has drawn my heart so deeply to it that it is good for God's people to rest in him. In fact, next year, I feel like there just needs to be a, a, a breakout session of VBS where we just throw a bunch of balls in a room and all the leaders go take a nap. Think we could do that? I think we would be better teachers, better leaders if we'd have that little time to rest. I don't know. It's still, we're still brainstorming that. I don't know if it's the best idea. But Jesus here recognizes the need for his apostles after they've come home from momentous ministry to stop and rest. Now let's look at the tenor of what he's saying. He said to them, come away by yourselves to a desolate place and rest a while. So, so look at this. First, their rest was with Jesus. He says, come away. And you'll see that they get in the boat together to go to this desolate place that their rest included Jesus. That yes, it's important for us to get away and pull away, but they are going with the intention of resting and going with Jesus. Our rest is so much better when we rest in the Lord, but they also are resting away. Jesus says, come away by yourselves. With all the crowd, with all the people and all the needs that are all around them, Jesus is telling them it's good for us to pull away, to get away, to remove ourselves from the crowds of people and the needs that are constantly berating us. And it is good for us to get away. One commentator would say a change of pace plus a change of place oftentimes gives us a change of perspective. And so it's good for the apostles to pull away from all the crowds of people that are pressing all around them just to simply get away. But furthermore, he says, come away by yourselves to a desolate place. Essentially saying it is good for you to get out of your normalcy, get out of the hubbub, the normalcy of routines and get away to a quiet place where there are no dings and notifications and buzzes and vibrations of your phone constantly pulling you away to say, Lord, I'm going to focus this time on getting my spiritual batteries recharged for the mission that is ahead. 
I mean, this is right here in the text that Jesus would say, come away to a desolate place, a place where you can focus your heart with the pure intentionality of resting in him. So the rest was with Jesus. The rest was away. The rest included the desolate place. And their rest was for a while. The Bible says here that come away for a while. There's not a set amount of time to say come away for 15 minutes and it's not 40 uh, years. I mean, he's saying come away for a while, a designated time away that we can pull away with the intentionality of being away to rest. Friends, I tell you that it is good and right in your soul to rest. Many months ago, we talked about this, and so maybe it's a good opportunity for you just to do a spiritual checkup to say, since we've talked about Sabbath and resting, have you rested? Have you taken intentional time away to rest, to take your copy of God's word? Maybe it's a simple thing, like in the morning, you just need to pull away from everything around before you start your day. Maybe it's simple steps towards that direction, but have you taken time away to rest and recharge your soul and nourish your soul in God's word and God's presence? Have you done it? Have you rested? Many of you may be still riding around with an empty tank trying to do the Lord's calling while you are living always on E. See, the Lord tells the disciples, and yes, there's going to be a little sidetrack in just a moment, but you see the apostles coming back excited on cloud nine and Jesus recognizing their need to rest says, come away by yourselves to a quiet and desolate place and rest. What good news for our Savior, the God of this universe, to simply say to his disciples, let's rest. Let's go away to a desolate place and let's rest. Friends, we need to carry this pattern. But let's continue for a moment because this gets a little dicey here in a moment. And we're going to see ourselves maybe next week in the apostles. But I want us to see ourselves here in Jesus, hopefully. Jesus, go away to a desolate place. And in verse 32, and they went away in a boat to a desolate place by themselves. Everything, verse 32, is looking good. Everything is looking right. They're getting in this boat to go away to a desolate place. And then verse 33, now many saw that they were going and recognized them, and they ran on foot to where he was going from all the towns and got there ahead of them. I want you to think for a moment. Maybe, maybe you need to close your eyes, not take your rest right now, but just close your eyes and imagine you've had this incredible time. And maybe it's a VBS week. It's a Friday, and you're tired, and you're thinking, yes, I'm going to get away in this little boat and do a little rest time in a desolate place. Jesus and his disciples board this little boat, and as they're going down across to get to that desolate place, what do they see on the shore? But the, the hurting and the sick, all the people looking out at Jesus, and they're saying, hey, he's going right here. Let me, we got to get there. we got to get there before he gets to land, right? Hey, everybody, he's coming right here. Everybody, we got to get out here. Get the sick. Get the lame. Everybody, y'all got to come on out. Jesus is coming. Can you, I mean, we're not Jesus, okay? We're like the disciples a little bit. We're, in a minute, we'll see next week. The disciples are a little frustrated. And if I'm Jesus, I'm thinking, can I get a break? Can I just, can I get a few moments of a desolate place? Hey, guys, I know you are sick. You're always having problems. Can I just get a minute? Can I get some time here with my disciples, my apostles, just to have a break, to have some moments to rest and recharge my batteries? I mean, do you feel that a little bit? That he's saying, disciples, let's go across to this desolate place. And they can't even make it to the desolate place because the people are seeing him and running the side of the shore, trying to figure out where he's going and getting there before he even gets there. And so Jesus gets off the boat. And there, again, is a great crowd ready for help. 
You feel a little frustrated? I kind of do. I feel frustrated for Jesus and the disciples. I'm thinking, man, just give them a break. And we'll unpack this more as we come into the next week. But there's something different here about Jesus. Something as I read this struck my heart deeply. And it comes to verse 34. When he went ashore, and you understand where we've come to to arrive at verse 34. When we went ashore and he saw a great crowd. And it says that he had compassion on them. Because they were like sheep without a shepherd. Now, this word compassion has just leapt off the page this week because it's a beautiful phrase. When I am a heart would think, man, there'd be anger and frustration saying, just let me have some time. Here in Jesus, there's not anger. There's not frustration. There's not anything about, man, these poor, pitiful people. There is compassion in his heart. Now, this compassion is not just a, I feel so sorry for them. If they could just get their life right. It's not just this surface level, I feel bad. This compassion, biblically speaking, is deep in their gut. It's a deep compassion in his heart that says, I've got to do something. I've got to act upon what I'm seeing. If you look in scripture, you see that this word appears a handful of times throughout scripture. But importantly, it appears in Luke chapter 15 in the parable of the prodigal son. You're maybe very familiar with that story where two sons, one son comes to the, the father and says, hey, it would be better off if you were dead in my life. And so can I go ahead and take my inheritance and go live out amongst the world? So the father gives his inheritance to his son and his son goes and blows it all on frivolous things until he finds himself in the pigsty, literally, of life. He finds himself in the pigsty. He has a moment where he comes to his senses and he thinks I would be better off as a servant in my father's household. And so the son begins the journey back home. In Luke chapter 15, verse 20, it says, But while the son was still a long way off, his father saw him and felt this same word that appears in Mark chapter 6 and felt compassion. Not a compassion to say, there's my son. When he gets here, he better get on his knees and beg for forgiveness. Not a compassion that would say, oh, he's just so dirty. He's He's been messed up. A compassion that would say, that's my son, and would run to him and welcome him back into the family. A compassion that would, in his deepest, innermost being, would run to his son with love and compassion in his heart and compel him back into his household. You see, this compassion is not just looking around and saying, man, we live in a rough place with rough people. It's a compassion that runs right smack dab in the middle of the hurt, right smack dab in the middle of the problem because of the passion. Friends, I I need that more in my life. In, In my soul, I need more of this compassion that would look and see people and say, and not just say, oh, that's just too bad. Oh, that's just, I hate that that's happening. No, a a compassion in my heart that would love people to the point that my feet are moved into action. I need this Jesus compassion. I wouldn't be frustrated with the problems I see around me, but say, Lord, how are you calling me into these problems? How are you welcoming me into this? And so Jesus' compassion led him towards three different directions that I want us to look at very briefly. Jesus' compassion, this innermost longing, innermost pity in his soul, led him, one, to see the people. Jesus' heart was stirred to see the people in the midst of him needing to go with his apostles to a desolate place, a moment of time where he could have easily said, come on, guys, get it together. Give me a moment. Jesus saw the people. 
His compassion led him to look upon the people with empathy, to understand that they had needs attached, that they had problems and situations that he could speak to, that he could love on. So he saw the people. Jesus' compassion led him to see the people. How often do I go through my life just trying to get from point A to point B that I need my time, I need my rest, I need to get to my job, I need to get my home, I need to get to my family, I need to get to my stuff. And my compassion is more like, oh, I just feel bad for that person or I feel bad for that situation. To look at people, to recognize the humanity of people, the physical, the spiritual, the emotional needs of those all around me. So Jesus' compassion led him to see the people. But secondly, Jesus' compassion led him to see their great need. You see their great need. It says that he saw them and he had compassion because they were like sheep without a shepherd. They were essentially lost people. And he saw them as sheep without a shepherd. And his heart was stirred with compassion because they were simply lost. And this is a beautiful phrase because all the way back in the book of Numbers, this has been foretold that there would be a shepherd who would come to lead people so they wouldn't be sheep without a shepherd. Look at Numbers chapter 27, 16 and 17. As Moses is appointed Joshua to lead the people, the words are written here in Numbers chapter 27, let the Lord The God of the spirits of all flesh, appoint a man over the congregation who shall go out before them and come in before them, who shall lead them out and bring them in that the congregation of the Lord may not be as sheep that have no shepherd. All the way back in the book of Numbers, we are foretelling and seeing pictures of Jesus who would be the shepherd, who would lead the people, who would lead a lost and gone astray people, who would be the good shepherd. There's safety, there's comfort, and there is rest in our good shepherd. Uh, my family uh, has always been a musical family. We, we love music. My brother is a recording engineer in Florence, Alabama, and he mixes and masters bands all day long. He's got like the coolest job ever. And my dad has just always uh, been a musical person and taking us around to concerts all over the South. We just, we would go and go with dad. We didn't know where we we're going, who we we're going to listen to. And we just knew when the concert was over, dad would take that Ford Explorer, push the seats down, and he'd have a pallet made in the back for my brother and I, where we would just drive on home. I didn't have a clue where we were. It's probably illegal now to do something like that, to pull your seats down and not wear seat belts, but we're fine. We made it okay. And so dad would always, uh, we'd have mom and dad have snacks and drinks and all that stuff. And so we'd know after the concert, it'd be late, late at night. We'd have that pallet in the back and we didn't have a clue in the world where we were. Didn't matter. We didn't have a clue how we were going to make it home. Didn't matter. We didn't have a clue how we were going to get in our bed. It it, it simply didn't matter because we knew that my mom and my dad were in the front seat and they were going to make it safely home. We just simply knew. We didn't matter where we were. We didn't know what was going on. We didn't know anything going on. We just simply knew the concert was over and dad and mom were going to get us home. They were going to pick us up, put us in our bed, and everything was going to be all right. We were safe. We were secure. We could sleep well in the back of that Ford Explorer knowing who was in the front seat, that we had a good shepherd to lead us, to guide us, to protect us from anything going on, that we were safe and secure because of who our shepherd was. And friends, in this passage, we see that Jesus goes ashore knowing with compassion that they were like sheep that had no shepherd. 
no guide, no leader, no protector, no comforter, no, no source next to them to lead them and guide them and protect them. And so Jesus steps out of the boat wanting to be their good shepherd. I'm going to take just a bonus moment and tell you that there are many who may be in this room and you are not resting well. You are tired. You're weak. You're fatigued. And you are just weary. And it's not from following the Lord, and it's not from having the Lord as the leader of your life. It's from trying and attempting to be your own leader, attempting to be your guide and your own shepherd to lead you and guide yourself. I'm just going to lovingly ask you that the Lord wants to be your good shepherd, to lead you beside still waters, to restore your soul, to lead you and guide you and safely guide you and navigate you through this difficult terrain of life. Jesus, with compassion, steps out of that boat, knowing that they were like sheep without a shepherd. And then number three, he saw the opportunity. He saw the opportunity inherent is where we'll pick up next week, but he began to teach them many things, seeing them as sheep without a shepherd. He began to teach them and love them and demonstrate who he was to these sheep without a shepherd. Friends, you walk out of here today and you would say, well, I want that compassion. My heart has been stirred to say, Lord, I I want that compassion in my heart. It's not a simple switch that we flip and say, today, I'm going to have this compassion. It starts with us having a passion for Jesus. Christ's compassion is fueled by our passion for Christ. To know that we also don't want others to to be sheep without a shepherd. We want to lovingly, carefully give people the good shepherd. So I've included at the bottom a simple prayer pattern. This past week, it has been my prayer pattern, and this coming week, I want it to be continue my prayer pattern. I, I pray that we all would pray a simple, similar prayer. As we leave this place, this is our goal and our desire to have this same compassion. So you see at the bottom of your outline, let's fill in these blanks together. First, we want to pray, Lord, would you grow my heart full of compassion? As we enter this week, as we go out into the world around us, Lord, would you grow in me a heart full of your compassion? that I have a passionate heart of empathy, that it would be deep in my soul, not to just pity people, but have a heart full of your compassion. Secondly, give my eyes clarity to see people. We want to go to the left and to the right, but we just have eyes that are clear to see people and their needs. Would you open my ears to hear that I can listen to the needs of the people around me as I ask questions and love people, that my ears would be attentive to listen. So, Lord, give me a heart full of compassion, ears, eyes clearly to see, my ears clearly open to hear, and my feet a willingness to go. That not only would we see the issues and problems that are around us, but our hearts would be flooded with compassion, just as Jesus did, to step off the boat and enter into the situation. Would you give us feet willing to go. And then lastly, a mouth with your words to speak. Friends, this is my prayer for myself this week, that my heart would be overwhelmed with Christ's compassion. My ears would be ready to listen, eyes ready to see, a heart willing to love, feet willing to go, and a mouth that simply wants to speak with Christ's clarity, empathy, and love to those around me. Let's pray together. Lord, Right now, across this congregation, we want to simply pray that you would grow our hearts full of your compassion. Would you give us eyes that would be clear to see people and their needs and their hurts? Would you open our ears to listen 
Listen to the questions that we ask and the people's responses. Would you just give us ears willing to listen? Would you give us feet that are willing to go? To not simply sit and and watch and, and grieve over what's happening, but feet that are willing with compassionate hearts attached to go. Lord, we want to say your words. Or would you fill our hearts, our, our mouths with your words that we would build people up into your image. Lord, we, we, we simply put a filter on our mouth for all the things that don't need to be there, but our words would just be seasoned with grace and truth and salt to make people thirst for you. Lord, we need your help. We cannot do it on our own. We need you. So Lord, would you help us? In your name we pray. Amen.